I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. President Joe Biden's agenda has been up in the air for a while, a lot of back and forth over the last nine months. Uh, now, there are many Democrats pushing Senators uh, Kirsten Sinema of Arizona and Senator Joe Manchin, of course, from West Virginia to just sign on. But Senator Manchin just wrapped up uh, just in the last 20 minutes or so a scorched earth <laughs> kind of press conference uh, where he said, look, this is you're playing the shenanigans of this whole game and I'm not playing. Uh, he, he said it, uh, it really could be, uh, the end or the, at least the beginning of the end for the agenda. Uh, if everyone swings so wildly for political purposes that they actually don't pass the policy that everyone agrees on. Uh, And this is often the case, both with Republicans and Democrats alike. When they have control of both houses of Congress and the White House, they tend to overreach. They swing too big. And as a result, they fail. And they don't even get the easy stuff that they should have been able to pass because it was bipartisan. So I want you to listen for just a second to Senator Manchin. Uh, He calls out fellow members of Congress for holding up the passage of the infrastructure bill and for not really giving serious consideration to how the social spending package is going to affect everyday Americans. Take a listen. In all of my years of public service, and I've been around for a long time, I've never seen anything like this. The President of the United States has addressed the House Democratic Caucus twice recently to urge action on the bipartisan infrastructure bill, which sometimes we refer to as the BIF bill. Last week, the Speaker urged, Speaker Pelosi urged the importance of voting and passing the BIF bill before the president took the world stage overseas and still no action. In my view, this is not how the United States Congress should operate or, in my view, has operated in the past. The political games have to stop. Twice now, the House has balked at the opportunity to send the BIF legislation to the president. As you've heard, there are some House Democrats who say they can't support this infrastructure package until they get my commitment on the reconciliation legislation. It is time to vote on the BIF bill, up or down, and then go home and explain to your constituents the decision you made. And I've always said, if I can't go home and explain it, I can't vote for it, and if I can, I I will. I've worked in good faith for three months, for the past three months, with President Biden, Leader Schumer, Speaker Pelosi, and my colleagues on the reconciliation bill, and I will continue to do so. For the sake of the country, I urge the House to vote and pass the bipartisan infrastructure bill. 
holding this bill hostage is not going to work and getting my support for reconciliation bill throughout the last three months i've been straightforward about my can concerns that i will not support a reconciliation package that expands social programs and irresponsibly adds to our twenty nine trillion dollars in national debt that no one seems to really care about or even talk about nor will i support a package that risks hurting american families suffering from historic inflation simply put i will not support a bill that is this consequential without thoroughly understanding the impact that it will have on our national debt, our economy, and most importantly, all of our American people. As Senator Joe Manchin, uh, there is a boatload to unpack. In fact, we may have to take it to the docks, but I understand we have an overnight shipping problem, uh, so we cannot unpack all of it. But let's unpack a little bit of that uh, and look at what he is saying. This is this is directly at his own party, and particularly the, the liberal wing of the Democratic Party. And he is saying, look, we, we have a bipartisan infrastructure bill that's already passed in the Senate that the president has twice, twice left the White House, gone up to Capitol Hill, a big thing for a president of either political party, to urge members of Congress to vote on it. And twice, the, the Democratic Party has said, no, Mr. President, we're not going to vote on that. Uh, even just last week, before the president left for important international meetings in Rome uh, with the G20 and now in Glasgow, Scotland, uh, with the COP26 and the uh, climate change, and the president is there on the world stage with only a framework that he can talk about because everything else is being held up. Senator Manchin went on to talk about the fact that he's worked in good faith with members from across the political spectrum and included his Republican counterparts. He's talked about the fact that uh, you have to, and I thought this was interesting. Uh, he said, let's just vote on it. If you're going to vote no on the infrastructure bill, that's fine. But let's not just hold it. Let's have a vote on it. And he said, then you can go back to your constituents, members of the House, and explain why you voted for it or why you voted against it. And that is how it's supposed to work. I, I totally agree with Joe Manchin on that point. And again, regardless of what your political persuasion is, that is the job of a member of Congress, is to have the vote and then be able to go and explain the vote. Uh, I've told members of Congress from both political parties that as long as you can go back and explain it and help your constituents understand why you voted for something or why you voted against it, uh, that's fine. People will respect that. People will understand that. But instead, we're playing these political games, something that uh, Joe Manchin called out that this is no longer acceptable. We have to get beyond the political game uh, because otherwise the president's entire agenda uh, if you want the president's agenda to move through, something's got to move. Uh, because I'm just going to remind you on a Monday uh, that we are uh, down to 32 days to December the 3rd. And everything is going to hit the fan on December the 3rd from a debt ceiling to funding of the government to continued funding. One thing that most people didn't recognize uh, late last week is that Congress actually voted to just extend uh, some of the infrastructure spending that's just currently needs to happen. So not even about the bill, just to keep things moving along on some transportation issues. 
that's going to end on December 3rd as well. And so all of these things are coming together uh, in a, a in a way that is not going to be helpful to anyone in the country. Uh, I want to go back to, to Senator Manchin. Again, this was just about 20 minutes ago. Uh, he went on to talk about how he has some pretty serious reservations about the, the second bill, the reconciliation bill, the social spending bill, uh, how it's going to be paid for and how it's being sold to the public. However, as more of the real details outline the basic framework are released, what I see are shell games, budget gimmicks that make the real cost of the so-called $1.75 trillion bill estimated to be almost twice that amount if the full time is run out, if you extended it permanently, and that we haven't even spoken about. This is a recipe for economic crisis. None of us should ever misrepresent to the American people what the real cost of legislation is. Okay, I think this is a significant piece of the puzzle that Senator Manchin is now calling out. So remember, uh, we started back in the spring with about a $6 trillion social spending package, which was then trimmed to about $3.5 trillion. Now we're about $1.75 trillion is the framework. Again, they're still working on all the legislative text that goes with that. And, of course, the devil's in the details there. But what Senator Manchin is saying that looking at the outline, the more specifics that come out about the framework, so the actual bill text, the more of that that is released, in Senator Manchin's words, he said, quote, what I see are shell games, budget gimmicks that make the real cost of the $1.75 trillion bill estimated, again, by the CBO, Congressional Budget Office, to be almost twice that. So, again, what they've done is rather than saying, well, we'll fund this new program we're going to launch for 10 years, they're saying, we're going to launch this new program. We're only going to fund it for three years. And so that reduces the cost in the bill. But as we know, the closest thing to eternal on this planet is a government program begun. And Senator Joe Manchin is saying to his own party, that is not good for the American people. He talked about the debt. He talked about deficit spending. He talked about inflation uh, that is going to hurt real Americans, middle class, the poor, the most vulnerable among us the most. And so this is a really interesting moment for the Democratic Party and for President Biden's leadership. Can he bring everyone together? Can they get across this political divide within the Democratic Party uh, before they actually deal with those on the other side of the aisle? We'll continue to follow all of that here on KSL News Radio. We'll step aside for bottom of the hour news. When we come back, we're going to talk about some of the civility issues as we get ready to vote tomorrow. Stay with us on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. 
That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.